I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Welcome to News Du Jour. You may be wondering, why am I, Annie Bowles, here hosting this podcast? I usually start by telling people I'm a political baby. You see, my parents met working on Capitol Hill. By the time I was two, I had been in my first political commercial and even got lost crawling around the West Wing. Don't worry, Al Gore found me. My family then moved abroad when I was nine, and I attended an international school in Brussels with kids from all over the world, and it is this type of global perspective that I also bring to our show. I graduated from American University in D.C. after studying political science and art history, as well as interning on both sides of Capitol Hill. I even interned down the hall from where my parents met. I'm now pursuing a professional certificate in journalism at NYU in conjunction with Rolling Stone magazine. I guess I was always that friend in the group who cared deeply about not just what was going on politically, but also globally. I often kept my own friends informed through high school and into young adulthood. So I guess I've always done a version of this show. I'm genuinely passionate about following the news, and I'm here to break it down for you guys every weekday. We always strive to be a calmer space to get your news, or as one listener put it, like getting your news from a well-informed bestie. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, everyone. So yesterday was my first time inside the walls of a prison, and I have to say it wasn't as scary as people made it seem before I was going. Now, I was there on a media visit. I got a press pass. I had a coordinator showing me around. Um, So I don't know if this is everyone's experience going into a prison, but I pretty much went straight from a metal detector into like a cafeteria type space. We sat down, we talked. I didn't see a single other inmate other than April Wilkins. So I don't know if this was typical, but it was definitely a very emotional visit. I, you know, obviously was there to capture her story in her own words. And her story isn't easy, but it's going to be coming to your podcast feed, this podcast feed in the next couple days. So I hope you guys will give it a listen and really buckle up for an emotional experience. April has been through a lot over the past, you know, 28-ish years, I want to say. It's been a lot. And so there's a lot to go over. We're going to start small and build up, but this is the impetus for Senate Bill 1470. Her case is one of the many um, that Appleseed is championing, and I hope you guys, again, will listen and learn a little bit more about what criminalized survivorship looks like. That said, today for news is a pretty light day, but I do have a couple things to update you guys on. 
let's jump in. So Macron, the little rebel, he went ahead and did it. He poked the freaking bear, proverbial or even metaphorical, seeing as Russia's common emblem is a bear. He didn't say much, but let me tell you, it had big ripple effects that could be felt world over. Essentially, he said that sending troops physically into Ukraine to fight against Putin, quote, should not be ruled out, end quote. And damn, was it a mic drop moment? No one was expecting him to say this, but he is known for sort of pushing people's buttons and saying things to get a reaction. He essentially wanted to put Putin on the back pedal, it seems, because at the end of the day, Putin could really, could Putin really fight off NATO? No, but here's where things get a little bit scary. He may call upon his friends, say, oh, Iran, China, North Korea to team up against NATO. I still don't think that ends well for them, but they are just unhinged enough to cause immense suffering and bloodshed in the process of trying to fight off NATO. And don't you worry, Putin immediately responded to Macron with a thought process that was exactly along those lines, quote, any French troops you send to Ukraine will suffer the fate of Napoleon's army, end quote, which, as you can probably guess, ended in utter destruction, in case you don't know the history there. At the end of the day, this could either serve to put Putin more on guard and kind of watch his back and make him a little bit nervous, which I think was Macron's intention, or it could backfire and have him reaching out to Western foes that we previously mentioned for planning and support, even more so than we know he's already doing. Next up today, Michigan went to the polls, you guys. So when it comes to Trump, Haley, no surprises here, really. Donald Trump received 68% of the vote to Nikki Haley's 27% in Michigan. Again, this is nothing surprising. Neither is the fact that Haley seems to be continuing onward anyway. But President Biden was also on the ballot. He won handedly, but there was still something interesting going on. In the Michigan race, it wasn't Biden up against some other candidate, but rather Biden up against his own legacy, specifically when it comes to Gaza. About 13% of Democratic voters and about 100,000 voters total, maybe even more than that, wrote in, quote unquote, uncommitted at the behest of a political activist group trying to change the tide when it comes to U.S. support for Israel. As one uncommitted, quote-unquote, Democratic voter put it to NPR, quote, we don't have a big enough group to make someone win, but we do have a big enough group to make someone lose, end quote. Although, of course, it needs to be said that a Trump presidency would likely result in even more extreme support for Israel. So all in all, no real chinks in the armor here. You know, Trump is still in the lead. Biden is still in the lead. But I do think this was an interesting curveball and potentially a trend that we may see throughout the country. We'll definitely keep you guys posted. 
And then for our final story today, I told you guys it's a slow news day, but I wanted to let you know that Mitch McConnell is stepping down from his leadership role. So after a series of very public health issues, if you guys remember, Mitch McConnell will be stepping down as Senate leader at the end of the towards the end of this year, November. This is probably for the best, you know, just taking some pressure off of his work and taking some work off of his plate would probably be the best thing for him health wise. But he seems to plan to stay in the Senate for now and carry out the rest of his term. But he hasn't said anything about whether or not he plans to run for reelection after that term is over. He also said that the reason he's stepping down is because he believes that his views are actually out of sync with that of his own party. He followed the announcement by urging his party to vote for the Ukraine aid package that he, you know, deems as incredibly important alongside President Biden. At the end of the day, McConnell really stood to potentially tarnish his legacy if he continued to freeze up in front of cameras or at other key moments in his leadership. It also was probably not great for his health either, you know, to be in these really high pressure situations when he's undergoing clearly some health issues. He's 82 and I hope by his age I am playing with grandbabies and working in the garden and not much else. But hey, that's just me. Obviously, he is not the only, you know, elderly person in power these days. He left his closing remarks with, quote, When you lose a loved one, particularly at a young age, there's a certain introspection that accompanies the grieving process. Perhaps it is God's way of reminding you of your own life's journey to prioritize the impact of the world that we will all inevitably leave behind, end quote. So you guys may be wondering, well, what's next? What is around the corner? What's the next step? If he's stepping down, you know, there's a leadership vacuum. What happens? So Mitch will be the leader up until November. But before then, an heir to the title must be selected. Now, I personally do not really enjoy speculating on these types of things. I have said that before in the show because mostly it tends out to be a waste of time just kind of like throwing around names and then it ends up being like somebody random whom we're not even talking about. But suffice it to say, a number of Republican senators have their eyes on this prize and we will definitely keep you guys posted if there appears to be a front runner and we'll sort of break down who that person is and take you all along the selection process. And that for today is the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you guys with the quote, remind me each day that the race is not always to be swift that there is more to life than increasing its speed. Let me look upward into the towering oak and know that it grew great and it grew strong because it grew slowly and it grew well. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review on that platform or a shout out on social media would mean the world to us and help us to be able to keep creating the news du jour and reach more people who need a calmer space to consume the news. 
But the best way to support all of our work is to become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash sugar free media. And that is also linked in our show notes. You can follow us on social media at newsdujour.podcast on both Instagram and TikTok. You can follow my personal account at It's Annie Bowles on both platforms as well. Any little noises you may hear in the background are my rescue pup. He has a little separation anxiety and always records with me. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from... Oh, 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 oh.